Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Nessa R and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Today is Friday, April 30th, 2021 and we are reading from the big book. We are on page 54 um, reading paragraph one that starts with we found two. Today's readers are the 12 Steps, Anne-Marie M., The 12 Traditions, Kim T., um, the text, Margaret D., Susan H., Tenzin P., our newcomer greeter is Jason K., and the moderator for the second hour is Mo H. The reference numbers for yesterday, Thursday, April 29, 2021, are for the 7 a.m. meeting, 16856. For the 10 a.m. meeting, 16857. OA Preamble. Over Ears Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting to our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And now I would like to ask Anne-Marie M. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Anne-Marie. Good morning, Nessa. San Marie M. in South Carolina. Um, compulsive overeater recovered through God's grace. Um, one, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over the care of God as we understood Him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, Anne-Marie. And now I would like to ask Kim T. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, Kim. Morning, Nessa. This is Kim T. Recovered 
Compulsive Overeater in Denver, Colorado, The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Six, I mean, excuse me, seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks, I pass. Thank you, Kim T. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, please press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today, today uh, we resume our study of the big book. We are on page 54. We are reading the first paragraph that starts with, we found two. Uh, and I will ask Margaret D to please get us started. Good morning, Good morning. Margaret. Good morning, and I'm still awake, yay. Um, my name is Margaret D, and I'm so grateful to be a recovered compulsive eater through God's grace and mercy. Um, in Georgia. We found, too, that we had been worshipers. What a state of mental goose flesh that used to bring on. Had we not variously worshipped people, sent sentiment, things, money, and ourselves? And then, with a better motive, had we not worshipfully, worshipfully beheld the sunset, the sea, or a flower? Who of us had not loved something or somebody. How much did these feelings, these loves, 
these worships have to do with pure reason. Little or nothing we saw at last. Were not these things the tissue out of which our lives were constructed? Did not these feelings, after all, determine the course of our existence? It was impossible to say we had no capacity for faith or love or worship. In one form or another, we had been living by faith and little else. Um, Well, good morning, everybody. I think, for me, this is one of the most beautiful paragraphs in the whole book. It's um, kind of what the whole concept of spirituality boils down to for me. Um, So finding out that I had been a worshiper. I love that sentence about what what a state of mental goose flesh that used to bring on. Um, as I look back on it, what used to give me goosebumps was, uh, so here are the things that I was worshiping, but in the state of being, uh, you know, where it says we, I'm sorry, where it says we had we not variously worshiped and at the end of that sentence, ourselves. So there's your there's your mental goose flesh for you. Um, so at the time, I'm a practicing addict who is in denial. I'm deluded, and I'm disillusioned, and I'm on a death course. And yet this is who I'm worshiping to the point of where if I'm thinking it, it's got to be true. And I'm doing absolutely everything I can uh, you know, the definition of worship is, or one of the definitions definitions is an extreme devotion or intense love or admiration of any kind. And that's where when I apply it to myself as a practicing addict, yeah, that definitely smacks me in the side of the head and says, boy, you, you, you might better want to rethink this one, Margaret. Um, So then when Bill goes on, or the authors go on to say, um, had we not variously worshipped people, well, who of us has not worshipped some television star or uh, personality or political um, idea or political entity or whatever? You know, you can just go on and on about the things that we had definitely worshipped. We had devoted all, or I had anyways, devoted that intense love or admiration. One of the things that I had devoted, that I worshipped, was a perfect lawn. Now, that's pretty scary. You know, if that's the high point of your life is whether your lawn has dandelions in it or not. Um, And yet, it's like I was so misguided in so many of the things that I worship. Not that there was anything wrong with these things, but as the authors go on to say, um, that it was not what we worshiped, it was the fact that um, we did love. Whereas before we were, before this paragraph, we were just talking, okay, and I'll just wrap it up with this. Before this, we were thinking about reasoning or our mental um, reasoning being the, you know, the reason why we did everything, when underneath it all, the the absolute tissue was the love or the feeling behind it. 
And um, so with that, I'm going to pass. And I hope that, well, I'll just pass with that. Thank you. Thank you, Margaret. Um, although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day in order that others may share their experience too. Um, who would like to share today? Adriana this is Larry, Larry K. Joelle. Adriana and Larry. Joelle, I didn't get your uh, last name. B. Dara uh, L. Dara L. Sandy S. Sandy S. Uh, one more name. Anybody wants to A. jump in? Vasa O. And there was another voice there that I couldn't quite hear. Vasa O. Yeah, I got you, Vasa. There was somebody right before you. Janine H. Danny? Janine. Oh, Janine. Sorry. Janine H. All right, beautiful. Let's go with this group. I'll tell you who I got. Adriana T., Larry K., Joelle B., Dara L., Sandy S., Vasa O., and Janine H. And we're going to start with Adriana T., Followed by Larry Kay. Take it away. Hi, thank you so much for your service today. And hi, everyone. This is Adriana T, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Detroit, Michigan. And uh, I think for me, what this paragraph tells me is that um, I'm not incapable of having faith in a higher power or, um, you know, having love for something, you know, seemingly greater than myself. Um, so it kind of dispels that um, attitude that I might have where I think, oh, well, I just can't have that faith. Like, it makes me think of that paragraph where, you know, someone, I forget where it is. I think it's an agnostic chapter, but um, it says something to the effect of, um oh, I, you know, admired the faith of other people, and if only I could have that faith. And so I feel like Bill's trying to tell me that, you know, I have that faith inside of me. Um, I just kind of have it misdirected, maybe. Or um, I don't have, like, the true source of where those other loves come from. And so um, it kind of reminds me of a speaker I've heard recently that said, um, I don't need just a higher power. I need the highest power. Um, and he went on to talk about how he has tons of other, he's, he's had tons of other higher powers, and I can relate. Um, he talks about women. I talk about men being a higher power for me in the past. You know, food was a higher power. Um, I liked how the first speaker said her lawn. Mine was my house. You know, it had to be perfect. And then I had a two-year-old, and then, you know, I gave up on that idea. Um, but yeah, um, there's always going to be something kind of clamoring for number one. And uh, a phrase came to me um, recently that my God is a jealous God. And I used to hear that and be like, oh, that's so weird. I don't get that. And now I get it. Like God wants to be number one in my life, like above all these other things. 
And, um, you know, God is really the true source of faith, happiness, hope, love. Um, and if I can put God first, all of those other things line up perfectly. And so, yeah, that's kind of what I got out of this today. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Adriana T. Uh, next up, Larry K., followed by Joel D. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, Nessa. Thanks for your service. Oh, my gosh, I can, I'm looking at this beautiful white dogwood that's blossoming. I can worship that, but I know that that all comes from God. Um, it says, we had, had we not variously worshipped people, sentiment, things, money, and ourselves, you know, I, I don't know about you, but I had replaced God with some inferior uh, stand-ins. And, and that's really a form of worship. Uh, uh, for me, it's, it's a form of idolatry. In other words, it, it, the false worship of anything other than my higher power. And sometimes with the best of intentions, you know, I was thinking, I can place a human being on a pedestal. Now, I'm not always aware of it at the time. Um, in fact, my, my false pride, if you brought it to, that to my attention, my false pride <laughs> makes it almost impossible for me to, to own up to that. You know, I don't, I don't worship human beings, but I have. And when we do that to them, it's not a harmless thing, you know. See, we harm them. When I do that to them, we harm them because we elevate them to a status that no human being is capable of attaining. And I've done that. And I, there are people that I admire in this program but, you know, today I'll show you a person who's human, who has flaws and insecurities just like me. See, there's a distinct difference between having a healthy admiration, you know, for another flawed human being um, and hero worship. And, and, and there's no heroes in, this, in these rooms. You know, Cinderella and Prince Charming are the wonderful, you know, imaginative mythological characters. And if they did exist, they'd have, you know, like blackheads and, and body odor, right? Um, so I, I've got to put things in proper perspective. And, and you know, and, and, and as regarding money and things, you know, money can't buy happiness. We've heard that because things that bring long-term satisfaction, satisfaction and contentment, you know, cannot be bought. So, so for me, buying new stuff isn't going to fill that gap in my my, my, my sense of self-worth and, um, you know, money may allow, uh, you know, you to do some cool things, bring some enjoyment. But for me, long-term happiness, you know where that comes from? It comes from you. It comes from my spirituality and God. It comes from friendships. They're intertwined. For me, this higher power idea works. It, it really does. And with that, I pass. Thanks uh, for your service, Nessa. Um, thank you, Larry. Um, okay, next up, we have Joel B, followed by Dara L. Go ahead, Joel. Hi, Joel. Please press star one. Maybe heard. Yes, Nessa, you're being heard. Oh, thank you. Okay, so we'll go with Dara L, and then uh, we'll check with Joel after that. Dara, could you share now? Yeah, absolutely. I'm Dara L. I'm a recovered compulsive mm -hmm. overeater in Philadelphia, and um, 
I was thinking about how in my addiction, I was living in this faith um, of, you know, the faith that I had that I was going to fix myself, the faith that I had, this worship of self, this worship of thinness, this worship of food, this worship of uh, men, women, whatever, you know, whatever it was, all of it just left me feeling empty inside. And that was true whether I was abstinent or not, that I just, I worshiped things and people and I was left with this sense of this restlessness, this sense of like, is this all there is? And I hate this life and I don't want to be in it. And, you know, I love that they talked about the better motive because it made me think about how in step three, and I know we're not at step three yet, but they talk about how irrelevant our motives are. And, you know, I never went into worship of anything thinking, I'm going to make myself miserable. But the results for me, you know, when I worshiped anything other than God, uh, were that that's what happened. I ended up miserable and self-hating and hating others and feeling spiritually separate and disconnected. And, you know, part of my conception of God is that there is a God who loves me more than I could ever love myself. And I don't believe that God wants me to worship him because her, it, them, because they're territorial. But God wants me my worship because God loves me, you know, an unimaginable amount and loves every other person, I believe, in an unimaginable amount. And so God has created, you know, this perfect plan for my life. And all I need to do is just set my feet on that road and walk forward. And so, you know, I think God just cherishes me and and has created just such a better plan for me. And so for me, that's an important part of my being able to worship a God is that knowledge, that awareness that, you know, every plan I constructed out of worship of other things led down the road of desperation and pain and picking up food again and walking in the direction that God's laid out for me, you know, leads me not just out of selfishness, self-seeking, dishonesty, and fear. I think we focus a lot on that, but I also really love the Oxford, you know, the, the four absolutes, but God also leads me towards absolute honesty, unselfishness, purity, and love, and I'm incapable of achieving those things if I worship anything other than a power that I, of my own conception, you know, which is so crucial to me. I'm not worshiping the God that anyone else talks about. I'm worshiping a God of my own understanding that exists deep, deep down within me and in the world around me. And it's beautiful. Like there's not, there are no negative consequences from that. And uh, so I'll pass. And thank you so much. Um, oops, my timer. Uh, thanks so much for your service. Thank you, Dara. Perfect timing. And we're going to check in to see if Joelle is available to share now. Joelle D, followed by Sandy S. Good morning. This is Joelle B. from Illinois. And um, I used to know about God, always prayed for others. But now I never asked God to help me with my weight or my health. I used to think the, the best thing to do was feel sorry for myself and have other people feel sorry for myself till I realized that's not how I want to live. And um, my mom used to say, you can do it. Since um, since this meeting, I found my uh, HP, my holy power, my God, and uh, wanting wanting me to worship Him. And since OA, I have grown to know God with a whole um, 
a whole relationship. I always woke up in the morning and the first thing I thought of was, what, what can I eat for breakfast? And that, that's really sick. Now I think of my higher power, my God, and thank you, God, for bringing me to OA. I pass. Oh, thank you, Joel B. Next up, Sandy S., followed by Vasa O. Good morning, Sandy. Hi, this is Sandy S. from Asheville, North Carolina. And uh, when I think of what I worship, well, first of all, it was food. Um, that was everything to me. And um, being ab- getting abstinent through a spiritual experience was just amazing. And, and food, I've never been healthier with food. It's just a growing experience, the abstinence. And there's no shame about having been a compulsive overeater because I really feel so recovered and healthy in this area. The shame is about how I worship other people and how I hate who I am. And the part that I hate about myself is is this self-absorption and this failing to be emotionally balanced and and involved with people in a way I think I should. So I'm worshiping this image of how I should be. And and really, you know, that's where I put all my faith. I shouldn't be who I am. I should be this ideal person. And and it's just really good what someone else said before, that my faith is misdirected. I just need to accept not only who I am with all my flaws, needy for people, worshiping other people. I also, and, and definitely asking God to remove this wound. I wouldn't even call it a character defect. It is a wound, an emotional wound. And at the same time, being open to everything that's right about me. Yesterday, a very good friend said to me, you're amazing. And I started crying because I really don't feel that. So I think, you know, I just have to keep turning to God so that I could start appreciating what's right about me. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Sandy. Um, Vasa O, you're next, followed by Janine H. Good morning, Vasa. Thank you. Good morning. Thank you, Nasser R., for your service. I'm Vasa. Grateful, recovered, compulsive reader calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. And this is a good paragraph for me, again, to read and to listen, people share on. And I tried to fill the empty hole that I had in my heart, which I didn't know anything about, with things. And uh, number one would have been the food. And then boyfriends, money, jewelry, husband, house, children, myself, you know, worshiping my my thin body when I lost all the weight and many, many other things. I had people on pedestal when I was into the food addiction, very jealous of people that were thin. How come I cannot be thin like them? Why can't I put the food down? And um, And then I remember hearing about the jealous God missing because I was a very jealous wife, you know, and I'm saying, well, how can God be jealous? Because God is God. He's got everything. 
But anyways, God's got everything. I didn't have everything. But anyways, um, uh, my life didn't start getting better till I was willing and ready to surrender to God with the food addiction number one. And then with my character traits that I was learning, you know, the, all my insecurities, my low self-esteem, that I tried to fill it with other things, you know, and none of it filled it, you know, because I did not have a higher power in my life. I wasn't worshiping God. I was a, I grew up with a fearful, punishing God. And um, so my life just turned around, you know, when I came in the programs and I learned I needed to have a relationship with my higher power first, which I call God today, and then put other people, places, and things after God. And that was very awkward. That was very weird, you know, thing. I like to retrain my thinking. Now I'm going to put God first, and then other people after that. Love God, and I love God because God loves me, therefore I love myself. And then I love other people to the best of my abilities. And some of them I don't like, but I have to, I learn how to accept for, you know, for the people that they are. I mean, of course, I don't accept violence and I don't, oh, that's my time. Um, so this program works. It, it's a miracle, you know, since I put the food down, the transformation that's happened over the years working the steps. Thank you for letting me share and I pass. Thank you, Vasa. Oh, uh, next up, Janine H., and then we'll take some more names. Good morning, Janine. Good morning. This is Janine H. in Portland, Maine. And, um, yeah, I um, I love this chapter because I was agnostic. I wasn't agnostic. Excuse me. I was atheist. Um when I first came into 12-step meetings in 2009. Um, And I have worshipped work, you know, I have the big wig job at the big wig company that's saving the world, right? And I have worshipped money. I've worshipped people. I love the sunrise and the sunset. I've worshipped that. But I also, or I should say, and I also know that God wants me to be happy, joyous, and free, and that I'm not to become a glum lot, and that with recovery, I can enjoy these things more. And so for me, it's not about black or white. It's about, you know, remembering the source of all the good in my life, and sometimes even the things that seem on the surface to be bad. Um, yeah, I just, that's my message today. That's what I'm getting from this reading is that I need to uh, rely on God, um, but that my reliance upon him allows me to enjoy these other things because when I'm in my disease, I'm not out taking pictures of the sunrise or the sunset. You know, I'm in four walls with the TV and the food, and, you know, um, I don't enjoy anything. I can't show up for work. 
I can't contribute at work. Um, yeah, and I believe that my recovery is God calling me to to life and to contribute and to participate. So for me, this is about like just remembering that I I do get to be happy and joyous and free, and I do get to enjoy things, but that you know at the end of the day remembering what the source of the goodness is in my life and that's my reliance upon a higher power so thank you so much for listening i hope everybody has a happy friday and good weekend this is janine h in portland maine thank you janine h um let me uh, a couple of reminders before we take my name uh, we are on page 54. The first paragraph that starts with the sound two. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day in order that others may share their experience too. Um, who would like to share? Anybody? Danielle O, New York. Danielle O, Katie V. Eileen D. Sorry, I said Katie and Heidi. Eileen, yes, D. Sorry, Eileen. Was it like, I heard Eileen? Darian K. Okay. Liz T. I got you, Liz. I'll tell you who I have, although uh, one of these two people might one of these people might be the, the same person. I just misheard the name. I have Daniel O, Danielle O, Katie, Heidi, Eileen, Liz T, and Darian K. Shannon O from North Carolina. Got you, Shannon. Okay, let's go with that. Um, and uh, we'll say by ear. If I didn't uh, um, announce the initial of your last name, please uh, give it to me if I don't have it. Uh, so we're going to start with Danielle O, followed by Katie. Good morning, Danielle. Did I hear Danielle? I don't realize it goes back to mute so quickly. I apologize. Hi, everyone. My name is Danielle, compulsive overeater. Recovered in and in Plattsburgh, New York. I'm so glad that I have these meetings to um, go to every morning. Uh, so when I think of these idols that we're speaking of today and this morning, you know, I think of all the things that I've done in my lifetime. And certainly food was probably at the top of that. And then the whole time it was, I always, I would think, no, it's not. No, it's not. It's, that's, that doesn't happen, you know. And when I had to look and admit complete defeat, it was certainly true that, um, you know, it was obvious because the weight was, was piling on. Every time I would go on a diet, it would come back tenfold, and it, I would just be more and more unhealthy every time. I uh, would stop dieting and then come back thinking I got this. And, you know, those are some of the things that, that continue to happen in my mind. 
And yesterday was a perfect example of that. You know, it didn't seem like there was anything I could think of that was going so wrong in my day. And yet, yesterday, there was just this consistent thought of of uh, not wanting to stay here and be a stay with this program. And and I'm and I was more frustrated with myself more than anything. But it just goes to show that you know this disease is cunning, baffling, and powerful. And so isn't my mind. And that's where the problem lies. Every single day, I have that going on. But is it depends on how much I'm feeding it. So yesterday, I I, I was certainly balanced out with doing service, which is a great thing to kind of offset some of the thinking. And just to continue to um, be open and available, which is what I did. And I ended the night okay by, you know, talking with my sponsor, talking to a friend, and journaling. So, you know, there are solutions to all these things that happen and what goes on in my head. And it's not uncommon. And I'm glad that other people can relate and understand that very disease that we all have. And with that, I pass. Thank you very much. Have a good weekend. Thank you, Danielle. Uh, next up, Katie, followed by Heidi. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, Nessa. Thanks so much. Uh, this is Katie V in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, such a great paragraph. Holy cow. Um, first time I came in uh, and someone told me to read We Agnostics, I was like, I'm set. I'm good. I, you know, I have a conception of God. And it was like this loose Santa Claus that was like kind of there hanging out in the corner that I never really trod on. And it's funny when I was going through this paragraph um, after a pretty devastating relapse, um, I have the word uh, ourselves, you know, have we not variously worshiped people, sentiment, things, money, and ourselves. I have ourselves circled so much. You can't even see the question mark because that's, that's all I had, you know, growing up, I, I thought self-reliance was the greatest thing I could ever do and have. And, um, and I didn't trust anybody with anything, you know? Um, I, uh, I thought I had to do it all by myself all the time that I, you know, that I made the seasons change and the sunrise was beautiful that day. If I had been a good girl, you know, or, um, or the bus was late because I did something bad. You know, everything was about me all the time. It, the world was responding to me and to my power, you know, and um, God, <laughs> it was just craziness, craziness. And I loved another share that the person who shared who said, um, this paragraph shows we can have faith. Um, because for me, uh, when I realized I had only had faith in myself, I was pretty, I was pretty struck by that and I, I never saw it before. And when I did see it, I admitted to God how arrogant I was and I apologized for everything I had done. And God just said to me, you know, some, something out there, this power, this a voice just came to me and said, it's okay. You're here now. And you know, like, of course I'm going to slip into that, that trap of if I'm going to be okay, if, you know, and that is like the biggest sign of me making something else my higher power. If I'm walking around saying, okay, if I get this job, I'm going to be okay. It's like, no, I'm okay if God is right next to me. If we're like hanging out, holding hands, you know, talking, that's when I'm okay. It's when God is that close, best friend level close. Um, and uh, And I don't need anything else if I've got God. So 
Thanks so much for letting me share today. I hope everyone has a great day. Thank you, um, KDV. Next up, Heidi, followed by Eileen. Is there a Heidi that's putting her name in the list? Maybe not. Maybe it was Eileen. Is there a Heidi or an Eileen? Is that Eileen? I'm I'm here. Can you hear me? Okay, go ahead, Eileen. Yeah, please give me the initial of your <laughs> last name. Sure. Thanks for your service. Um, I'm Eileen Diaz and David from Maryland. Um, and like all the other shares, what an amazing paragraph. Just such. Uh, there's so much encouragement. There's so much hope. There's so much reality in this paragraph. Uh, I think for me that the big takeaway from this paragraph is the word worship. Um, I was a very specific worshiper before program and even before abstinence. I specifically worshiped the restaurant that had my specific foods. (laughs) There was a very particular bakery in my hometown that when they closed, they, you would thought there was a death. Well, there probably was in my heart. But I mean, I specifically looked and worshipped the things that filled me. Instead of looking to the creator, I looked at the creation. So I, I, this really struck me that it took in these rooms, 12 steps, talking to people, you know, just saying, I don't want to be isolated. I don't want, I, I like what someone said, I don't want to sit in these four walls or in my car with my new specific worship of food somewhere else. And, and, and I just didn't want to be that person because the, the one, halfway through the paragraph, it says one sentence struck out. Uh, this, this really hit me. that little or nothing we saw at last. And I'll never forget that when I really came to realize that it was all backwards for me. And it wasn't like I had some great, you know, insight. It was that it came through pain and sorrow and working steps and crying and doing a fourth step that I finally realized, okay, I, I can get on this life thing, but I need God. And so that's what happened to me. I just switched my worship to the creator. So I used to be a sojourner in misery. <laughs> you and a few others, you know, we all be miserable eating together. And now I believe that I'm on a road with people who are so dreaming in faith, you know, because of this room and these, in these walls and many years, um, and abstinence is a gift from God. So thanks for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Eileen D. And now um, it's uh, Liz T. followed by Darian K. Good morning, Liz. Hi, hi good morning. This is Liz T., a recovered compulsive overeater from Minnesota. Thanks for everybody's service. Um, I too kind of zoned in on the word worship. You know, it's mentioned four times in this paragraph, worshipers, worshiped, worships, um, worshipfully beheld. Um, And then a little further down mid paragraph, were not these things the tissue of which our lives were constructed? And I was just thinking tissue, what do they mean by that? And I'm thinking of, you know, like flesh, like my body, my physical being, my physical existence, and very much have I been driven by, you know, my physical world. And um, I have written by their feelings are not facts. You know, I, I, 
changed my behaviors and how I constructed my life very much based on feelings in the past. And, um, you know, I think about, you know, falling in love, like with my husband, like how much of that was based on reason, you know, a lot of it went on feeling, you know, just that feeling that this person is right for me, or the situation is right for me, or um, I could be in, you know, meditation or quiet time or in um, a place where I feel connected to God. And that that feels like feeling to me, you know, so I just think it's interesting, you know, that none of these things are bad, you know, I'm getting the gist from this paragraph, this, the past few paragraphs that, you know, um, reason is not a bad thing. There's room for all of this here. And, um, and also when we think about the worshiping piece, I think, well, how much have I worshiped other people's opinions of me? You know, that's the, the form of idolatry. I saw that in some of my deep inventory work, um, and even sponsors or other fellows, what they think of me. So, um, I just enjoy looking at that about determining my course of my existence like it mentions in the paragraph how much am i determining my 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 worth and my existence on my outside circumstances and really it's that cultivating that deep relationship with my higher power that i was blocked from by all of my pomp and circumstance and fears and character defects that that uh, the steps process helps remove that and open that channel so i can grow closer to my higher power and really be grounded in what his will is for me and um and be less I I become less of a ping pong ball running around based on my feelings and my flesh and with that I will pass thank you thank you uh Lucy uh Darian K your turn followed by Shannon O oh hi there Nessa can you hear me okay beautiful go ahead Oh, perfect, good. So just so we're talking into the air, you know, because we're talking all uh, headless, oh, headless, um, hand-free situation here, <laughs> not headless. Um, so I, um, I'm just so grateful, grateful that, um, grateful for all my teachers. You're all my teachers. Um, and I learn something from you every day. It's really just like going to a class of, um, you know, life on a daily basis and, and just coming away with so much information and ideas and connection and, um, yeah, just just amazing shares. i just so appreciative of all of you. Um, and, you know, the word worship, I thought of that, like, we, so I, when I grew up, um, we had a house of worship. That's what we called, for some reason, the Jewish faith calls their temple the house of worship. And, and so that house of worship was on a big hill um, in Peabody, Massachusetts, and um, we would go there for high holidays or, um, you know, uh, Hebrew school or whatever. Um, but other than that, there was no connection. There was just no connection. It was just a house of worship, and there was nothing, nothing more to it. Um, and so nothing happened outside of there. <laughs> um, so I just, um, you know, before program, that's how it was for me, a disconnect, really. Um, and then when I did come to program and um, I learned that uh, I could put my faith in a higher power, 
um, with my food, and then, you know, every day with my life, um, I, and to actually see that it works, that when I do that, there's a change, or the fear dissipates. It doesn't necessarily go away completely, but it definitely is not as gripping around my neck. Or, um, you know, the joy comes back, or my gratitude comes in. Um, or just the springtime. sharing now. Oh, Darian, I think we have lost you. You crackled and then you disappeared. Darian? Okay, I think uh, Darian is having some technical difficulties, so um, let's move on to uh, Shannon O. Are you ready to share, Shannon? Good morning, this is Shannon O. Can, I, can you hear me? Yep, go ahead, please. Okay, thank you. Uh, Shannon O from North Carolina Compulsive Eater, and today I'm often driving when I'm listening to the vision on, on my way to work, and today, when the first reader was reading about all the things, haven't we loved all these things and doesn't it make up the tissue of our life? Um, I had a really strong connection, a feeling to my father who's passed, who was definitely somebody I idolized, though he wasn't perfect. He was um, sort of my anchor in this world. And I was thinking about how now that he's gone, I probably am that for my daughter. And um, and as I was ruminating on these thoughts of what made up, what did I, what have I loved and leaned on and made my tissue, my soul, my being, I, I realized that all those things I love in my father, I can attribute those to my higher power. I'm on, I'm on a quest at the moment for figuring out my relationship to my higher power. So I don't take this paragraph as um, a warning against hero worship or worship of any kind. Like people have shared, I think it's saying uh, we have the capacity to worship our lives. We've woven our lives out of these worships. And now let's direct that worship to um, something worthy so, for example, what struck me today that seemed meaningful enough to share was that, you know, my father was uh, very connected to nature. He was very wise, and he always wanted what was best for me. So those are three great things that I can directly, um, I don't know, put into my conception of what my higher power might be like, um, since it's something that I need to conceive of. So... Uh, this has been a very helpful meeting, and um, I just hope I remember the things that uh, kind of rang true in my heart today, and maybe this is helpful for somebody else. Of course, I, I hope it is, and I hope everybody has a beautiful day. Thank you, Shannon. And uh, we have time for two two-minute shares. Who would like to take them? Wendy S. Wendy. Any, I need one more name. 
Barb W. Barb W. Okay, Wendy is Barb W. Take it away, Wendy, please. Thank you. This is Wendy S. Gratefully recovered in New York. I um, I bristled when I heard the word God when I first entered program uh, earlier uh, last summer, and. Thankfully, everything was virtual and electronic, and I would roll my eyes and talk under my breath and turn the volume down on my device so that I wouldn't hear these people that I thought were preaching too much. And I was in complete denial that I ever worshipped anything. Um, I was self-sufficient and rational, and, and it wasn't until I worked the steps in this program and got brutally honest with myself that I saw that I did worship other people, their opinions of me. I worshiped money. I worshiped my own ideals about life and how life should be. And um, gratefully working through this program and um, seeing the truth about myself it's helped in, increase my tolerance of the term God. And uh, if I'm being honest, like there's still moments where, you know, I may get a little bit iffy um, on so much of the talk about God, but I do know that there is a power that is way beyond my understanding that has helped me and changed my attitude about things and changed my um, my issue, my disease with food and with my body and with eating and cravings. And, um, and I just have to, you know, I'm so grateful for that. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Wendy. Yes, Barb W., you have about a minute and a half if you'd like to take it. Yep. Barb W., gratefully recovered in Illinois. Um, a few pages back, Bill had said, use the term prosaic steel girders and and saying how it's full of molecules moving around and it's not what it appears and yet they hold buildings together. And uh, tissue, when I first heard this, I too thought of the body tissue or wrapping paper tissue, the tissue, the tiny, thin stuff seeming in- insignificant. Um, and in our bodies, we are we are 85, 90% water as human beings. Yet we walk around, we move, we clothe ourselves, we talk, we think. We're water. We're we're basically water. And it doesn't. It, we're not. Things don't aren't as they seem. And so I love the way he's written, giving giving us examples of what we have faith in, wrongly placed. <laughs> idolizing and all that but that it, it is a faith misplaced and but it's so matterful like the like the little cells moving around in what seems like rigid steel rigid steel and and it's actually a move moving um and as with us we look firm we have bones we have all these other tissues and we're primarily water we're viscous and 
and we, and we are matter at the same time. So faith can seem vapory, and yet it's the most real thing. Time. And I think that's all I have. Thanks. Have a great day. Bye. Thank you, Barb W. And uh, thank you to everybody who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Friday, April 30th, 2021, is 16863. Um, we will now close with the reading from the Big Book on page 154, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Will um, Susan H. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thank you, Nessa. Thank you for your service. This is Susan H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Ohio and very grateful. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.